2: Jason, You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
0: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today, adjacent.
2: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the
3: House of L Network.
0: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
3: Do you know the situation that I'm in today? Russ is taking the month off, which is fine. Not That part I had planned for, Russ needed a break and uh, we'll be back in December. But I figured, hey, I'll be fine. I got Tony. Tony will help. I got good uh, guest co-hosts I can bring in. Uh, and then come to find out, Tony is going to miss a week. So now I have two people sitting in. Which Rick, we did this uh, a few weeks back. It was you and me and Omar Kelly. Yep. But as I'm going through this list, I've I've oh I've got a long list in my phone of people I think would be good guest co-hosts. And Herb Howard's been on with us before. He's been really good. But I thought, hey, uh, if I've if I don't have Tony, then I don't want to bring in somebody. That would be random to Rick. So I was like, hey, Rick, who in the uh, sports adjacent multiverse do you have chemistry with? And he goes, like, who would be a good person you think we could get that that you know? And he's like, hey, how about Herb? And I was like, oh, Herb Howard. Perfect. Yeah, I wanted to get him in sometime this month anyway. That's a great idea. And then it occurred to me today. <laughs> I was like, I wonder, do they? how do they know each other? That's surprising to me. And so I said, Herb, do you know Rick Camp? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know Rick Camp, which is what everybody says, because you all kind of know each other from Twitter or media or whatever. Right. Uh, And I was like, no, no, no. Do you actually know him? Uh, And he goes, no. And he goes, Herb goes, do you, you know, he probably meant Herb Lawrence. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I asked him, Herb Howard, let me check. And so I go back and check in the text. And uh, sure enough, um, Rick just said, hey, how about Herb? (laughs) and so we deduced in the Bears locker room today that you Rick you probably did mean Herb Lawrence didn't you
1: initially yeah but then when you were like oh I was thinking about having Herb on in a couple weeks I was like I haven't met Herb Howard but like I've obviously listened to the episodes and like I like Herb's work so it's one of those where it's like I feel like the chemistry would be just fine as is so I'm like you know what this might work out better who knows so yeah it works Does this count as my Tony moment?
3: Uh, No, it's okay. I mean, this is just, you know what this is indicative of? This is indicative of the problem of, like, some people have the same name, so we've got to use last names. And where this always happens to me is Lawrence always says these amazingly flattering things about Jason. But he means Jason Goff every time. Like every time he says something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it keeps happening to me. I think it just happened the other day. I heard him say it on his show or something about it on, about Goff on his show, but he, he just calls him Jason. And I'm like, oh man, that's so nice. And he goes, and then he clarifies, oh, he means Jason Goff, but he wouldn't have to clarify because if you just gave me 10 seconds, I would figure it out anyway. <laughs> I'm surprised that there are so many herbs, to be honest. I, were, do you think you were like the last herb? Do you think there's are still naming so. babies herb?
4: No, I, I, I do think I'm probably like the youngest Herb alive. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the most recent Herb. Yes. It's such a uh, like old school name. It's such a classic name. Like, it's just funny to me. To, I feel like you don't grow into the name Herb until you hit maybe like your 50s. Oh, no, that's legit. Like, I hated like it Like a baby up. named Herb would be like a baby named Gary.
4: Yeah, not cool. This is baby I hate it growing up. I tell my mom all the time. As soon as I'm 18, I'm gonna change my name. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It was all the it was all of the nicknames. It was Herbie the Love Bug. It was just all the stuff, and I just didn't like it. It was Herbert. It was it was just so much stuff, and I was like, yeah, I don't like that. But by the time I was actually of age to change it, because she wasn't gonna change it, I had grown into it, and I was fine with it. So yeah, but I did not like it as a kid. It wasn't didn't meet my ear
3: kindly. Did you have a middle name you could have switched to and gone by? You could have. No, it or wouldn't. Have... Middle, or is your middle name like Clarence or something? Right. It's like <laughs> Herbert Earl. I don't know. It's James. Oh, no. But, but no, it's like none of it was cool. None of it was cool. I think my name is the opposite. I heard somebody say once uh, no one, like, it, or maybe I saw this on Twitter. I, yeah, it was on Twitter. Somebody had responded to something I said. This was like 10 years ago. And they said no one named Jason would be old enough to know what they're talking about. It, it, you don't You don't really picture like a 70-year-old man named Jason.
4: No, when, so if, if I'm the
3: last Herbert, when do you think was the first Jason? Like 1950s, 60s? It feels like it'd be the 90s. If that name feels like an. Well, I guess I was born in the 80s, so it feels like a like an 80s, 90s name. I'm sure that name's been around for a long time, but it seems like one that would have been popular, like you in the 80s and 90s, if you were having babies. It doesn't seem like There's no historical. You wouldn't read about somebody like coming over on the Mayflower named Jason,
1: I don't feel like. No. Do you do you know anybody our age that's an, has an uncle Jason? No. No, no. <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. It's it starts with like our generation. Jason is as far as it goes. Uncle Jason doesn't exist. Yeah. I think my my name's closer to herbs. Like you don't hear many young Ricks anymore.
3: That's true. Rick being short for Richard, right? Yeah. Baby Richard.
1: Yeah, I've got the most like. But we I've call got him most, Dick. We call him Dick. Baby Dick. I would. Ooh. I would rather be called <laughs> Dick than Richard. Honestly, <laughs> like I've I've told everybody I know, like I'm good with like some family calls me Ricky. I go with Rick. People call me Rich. Whatever. I'm like just, just don't call me Richard. I, I don't. And then like I can't. I couldn't go middle name because I have the most pretentious sounding full name, Richard
3: Charles. Oh, Richard Charles Camp III.
1: Yeah, like, yes, exactly. It feels like I need a number at the end of that. Right. Like, I need... But no. Like, that's, like, the very anti-me, where it's, like... Fourth
3: generation descendant of the Duke of Yorkshire.
1: Yeah, if if I could be, like, maybe a relative of the Burger King, that's about as close as I could get (laughs) for anything realistic that would fit.
3: If you're Richard, you could go by Dick if you were just, like, the most confident person ever. If you, like... You know, like if you were like John Ham, you could probably go by Dick, and yeah. people would just be like, Oh, all right, that's his name, and they wouldn't make fun.
1: Like, I feel like part of confidence is a jawline, and that's something that I don't have. And maybe that's just envy, but like if I had a jawline, I could be like, Nope, Dick Chuck Camp, that's my name. <laughs>
3: I mean, you have yeah. hair, like, that's a good
1: start. That's true. I do have hair at this point, yeah. which at this point I, I thought I wouldn't. Judging by uh, by genealogy, didn't think I'd have this much by this point. So that's a win. No, you're doing great.
3: You're doing great in that department. All right, let's start the show with uh, Herb and uh, Richard Charles Camp, the fourth. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. Herb Howard is in co-hosting with me, and uh, we've got Rick Camp filling in for Tony Gill on the boards and sports adjacent is brought to you by sheets and giggles you can go to sheets slash sa and this is usually the part where i tell you about the mattress and the great deal on the mattress. by the way the mattress is so comfortable tony talks about how the sheets kind of hug you the mattress kind of does too it has this like memory foam type layer to it mm. i was just like i was rolling around on it before i came down here to do this because i wanted to get like a good you know a good fresh feel for it and it's so comfortable but I'm, I'm not going to tell you about the mattress this time. If you want to get the mattress, you've heard all about it. You can go get it. Um, but if you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA this weekend, starting Friday, they are doing a sale that is better than their Black Friday sale. They call it Green Friday for sustainability. Um, and you can get up to 40% off mattresses. You can get up to 50% off their sheet set. And the sheets there are awesome. Uh, if you need a new mattress, this is a good place to go. But if you don't, like, you will upgrade the mattress that you have just by getting these 100% eucalyptus sheets. They're silky smooth, very comfortable. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. Sports Adjacent is also brought to you by BetMGM. Go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app and use our promo code ADJACENT200. And you can get this great deal. If you bet $10 on any NFL game, you automatically win $200 in free future bets. If either team in that game scores a touchdown, that's it. Low bar to clear. So bet $10 on any NFL game over at BetMGM and use our promo code ADJACENT200. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I should have done probably a more thorough introduction of Herb Howard. I I didn't feel like I needed to because we've had him on before, but I still feel like Herb Howard is kind of under the radar a little bit in the Chicago sports media. That's going to change like any second, probably. But Herb Howard from It's the Bigs, and he's got this great It's the Bigs backdrop going on. He looks very professional. I've thought about whether we could do that at Sports Adjacent, and uh, that's all the farther I got on it, just thinking about it. But if you follow the Bears at all, you want to follow Herb on Twitter and on thebigs.com, and uh, and he you you will hear him a lot on various local sports radio shows, um, if you listen to the press conferences, Rick, in my opinion—and not that I am like the person who is the judge of all of this—but in my opinion, the two people in the press conferences who ask the best questions consistently are Herb and Mark Potash. You agree? Yeah,
1: I don't think. Oh yeah, and yourself. Oh so, yeah. I I oh yeah. I mean, I oh, know yeah. you. Won't, <laughs> I know you. I know you won't throw yourself in there. But there's so many, like over the years, there's so many times when you're like sitting there and we're running a press conference and you're like. Come on, we just need just someone, someone make solid contact here. And then especially Jason, when you first got to town, it's like, okay, let's go. There's someone else on this beat that can do it. And Herb, like getting you involved on the beat and hearing it now, it's like, okay, there this is it's a it's a good beat for being able to ask questions. And uh, you guys are definitely part of it. And I'm not just kissing your asses either.
3: There are a lot <laughs> of really good thank you, by the way. Even if you were just uh kissing up to, to the boss today, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. There are a lot of people in there that ask really good questions. It's one of the things I've been impressed with ever since I started on that beat. But I think there's just different approaches to it. There's different styles. Mark Potash, for example, I think consistently brings in what the people would ask, like what the fans' complaint or argument or suggestion or preference would be. And he is very capable of arguing that point on your behalf. And... I don't know that I would consider this to be my style of interviewing, but it is certainly not interviews, but in press conferences, it seems like it's felt, especially during the Neggy years, and maybe I haven't quite evolved out of that yet because I'm still kind of, you know, bracing for it every time I go in there, but it was like court. It was like going in there like a lawyer mm-hmm. and you have to think so hard about how you're going to phrase this question to pin him into having to give you an answer. And with him, he said a lot of nothing. And Matt Eberflew says a lot of nothing, but he says it very shortly. Concise. <laughs> um, yes, concisely. So in Negi's case, you had to be prepared to interrupt, which is rude, but necessary, because if he goes on for four minutes, that's like four lost minutes of nothing. And if if 30 seconds into that answer, he goes off track, we, we got to get back on what I need to know here. Herb, how would you describe your way? I feel like you asked with this, combination of like curiosity but also you have a lot of expertise about the game itself and you you just get I think other I think when people hear you like coaches or players hear you ask these questions they immediately recognize that and you get really good answers of them how would you at the at the the risk of like tipping off all your secrets uh, (laughs) what makes you a good question asker in your opinion
4: I think number one I would say I try to be disarming like not not like intentionally not like trying to throw you know, softballs or anything like that. I have a question that I need answered, but I also don't want it. I also want to be disarming in the way I ask you. I don't want it to seem disrespectful or anything like that because I respect what they do, like all of those guys, coaches, players, like they've gotten to the highest level of their profession. I have a ton of respect for it. So I want to be disarming, but I think you're right in terms of I, I think I speak football and I think that other football people recognize it as soon as they hear it. And so I think that's, that's really what they're picking up on is, one, being disarming, and two, speaking their language.
3: Are there movies from your childhood that you look back at and you're like, boy, that was stupid? I mean, if you take a movie like a, 90, a classic 90s movie like The Mask, like that, that's not meant to be a serious drama the way that Speed and Speed 2 are. <laughs> but like more recently, I'm pretty sure Snakes on a Plane was not meant to be a comedy. <laughs> I think it was an I'll, accidental comedy. I don't think I saw that one. That's okay. No one else did either. <laughs> no. I saw it because no. I thought it'd be funny.
1: Yeah, everybody. The only thing nobody watched it, but everybody just knows the line. There's too many MF and snakes on this MF and plane. Yeah. No, I'm tired. Yeah. I think it's I'm tired of
3: these MF and
1: snakes. Oh, okay. See, I clearly didn't see it.
3: Samuel L. Jackson has some like great line, like uh, like from Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is a classic movie. was a huge movie, like probably one of the biggest movies of that decade. And the first thing I think of every time from Jurassic Park is him saying, hold on to your butts.
1: <laughs> if I needed one person to ever MF me in my life, it would be Samuel L. Jackson. It would
3: have to be him. Yeah. He's the greatest great. mf ever. It's great. <laughs> if, you catch, if you catch any of his movies on cable, though, they can't let him say that. So there's right. times where he'll he'll be like, I'm tired of these Monday, Friday snakes, or I'm tired of these, (laughs) I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes. Like it'll just be a word that starts with an M and a word that starts with an F. Let's ask Herb Howard some more questions. Let's get to know Herb Howard a little bit while we're on the topic of old movies. If you are watching TV and you flip around and you come across a movie like on TNT or something like that, Rick was talking about Home Alone in the break. uh, What is a movie that you will just stop on and watch every time, even if, Even if you're not really watching, you just kind of leave it on in the background.
4: He does. He does a winner for me. It's got two of my favorite actors in it. You talk about Al Pacino, Rob De Niro. I think they were brilliant in it. I like the storyline. It had some absolutely phenomenal scenes, not only like action scenes, the shootout after the bank at the end. That's like classic all time shootout scene. But even just like the scene where Al Pacino pulls De Niro over and is like, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee follow me and they go to this little diner and they have this one-on-one thing that was just so well done and i heat is doesn't matter when it comes on where even if it's on tv and it's not going to be it's going to be edited and all those types of things i gotta watch it even like you said in the background i know it so well but heat would definitely be one of those movies where it's like that's that's a hard stop every time i see it what about
1: you campy the fugitive oh yeah and it's and it's not just i'll watch it for a couple minutes When it's on, it stays on until it's over. Like there is, there is no, yeah, there's no let up. It doesn't matter where it is. What about you, Jason? Well, it's a unique category of movie because it's not a
3: guilty pleasure movie. There are guilty pleasure movies that I will watch, like uh, The Devil Wears Prada. I like that movie. Or uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. Like those are guilty pleasure movies. But then there are like these great movies that you will watch over and over and over just because they're they're great, like No Country Mm -hmm. for Old Men or something like that. Or even a lot of comedies for me, like Zoolander. I think that's an amazing comedy. Like I will watch that over and over and over because I think that's an an amazingly funny movie. These are like movies that you kind of like. And, and have seen a million times. So you don't necessarily need to be dialed into it. You can be doing some other stuff and not really paying attention. They're not guilty pleasure movies. You know what I mean? So like one for me is uh, School of Rock with Jack Black, where he's the music teacher or he impersonates the music teacher and teaches these classical music students how to play rock music. Old school. I can watch that. I can have that on in the background anytime uh, where they have a frat. You've seen these or no, Herb? No. Okay. And uh, Mrs. Doubtfire classic 90s yes. movie mrs doubtfire i i could put that on i i recently put i recently did put that on like on an airplane because i knew i could just plug it i could it was on the screen and they had it as an option i could mindlessly have that on in the background and it would just like kind of entertain me here and there while i was doing some work herb what is a uh, speaking of childhood what is a childhood fear that you are still not over to this day that you're still You are very close to my age, I think, like mid to late 30s. Uh, What is something that you are still afraid of as an adult?
4: There's a house not far from where I grew up. And the house isn't even there anymore. But I know exactly where it was located. And my aunt used to tell us all the time that it was Freddy Krueger's house. Like when we were kids (laughs) and we were like, go for a walk. She would be like, that's Freddy Krueger's house. I don't know. It was kind of like this. It was, like it was like this little threat? rundown house. Was it like kind of looked scary.
3: She I don't know why she did children. it. I, it was just fun. she
4: just enjoyed it. She just she just got a kick out of us like always like scurrying past this house and running past and like ducking down. And I still know where the house set. And to this day, as a grown man in a car driving past that location, I'm like, "Yo, that's where Freddy Krueger's house was at." Like, never mind that I know Freddy Krueger isn't even real. Somehow I know he isn't real, but I also think he lives in that house, you know, what I mean? that isn't there anymore that I'm still afraid of.
3: What is uh, what is the lowest denomination of currency that you would reach into and fish out of a urinal? The lowest. Like a twenty dollar bill. Yesterday. Yeah.
4: No, no, maybe a hundred. I'm a germaphobe, Jay. I'm not like I'm real in a
3: bathroom. There's going to be a sink and a soap right there. And then look at you, look at you. Ten dollars, all the richer for it. But what do I do with the with the money though like it's soaked in urine well you wash that too while you're washing your hands but then <laughs> then you unload that as quickly as possible you that's the first ten dollars you spend that's okay
4: so cool. if I so if I go into the bathroom that's in the back of the media room at Hallis Hall and it's in there and I'm like okay no 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 no, pull
3: no, it no, out. no 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 that's, no that's no, no full-on that's not a full-on public bathroom that's no, no, like no, an no, no. I'm gonna come back this needs to be come like a bathroom out from at a at a bus station. It's going no. down the
1: weekly trough.
3: No, it's just, it's just kind of in there, you know.
4: <laughs> I want I want to come out and I want to come out and immediately ask you for change for a
3: twenty. That's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <There> <laughs>
3: That's why know. I have to be that bathroom. <laughs> As somebody my age, what is something that you see and it makes you realize that the world is getting away from you, that you are no longer young? Oh, that's a good For one. me, it's Reddit. Anytime someone brings up Reddit, because I, I still don't know what it is. I know yeah. it's online. I don't know what it is beyond that. It sounds like a message board, but that I don't know if message boards still exist. That's something from 20 years ago.
4: You know, it, I don't know if it, if it's things that I see or experience so much as it's things that I hear younger people be completely unaware of or oblivious to, like CDs or like cassette tapes or VHS or things like that. And they're like, wait, what? And I saw the I saw a video on social media. There were these two young girls, and they were somewhere that had a mounted wall house phone, yeah. and they were completely like astounded by it. like what is it? It's a phone, and then they're like, "It works," and so they can hear like a, an adult like, "No, it works." call my number and they call was the like, Oh my God, it's
0: ringing. It's like, <laughs> it's, like
4: it, it, it's that kind of stuff that makes me feel old, more so than things I see things I hear or, or see or watch from younger people that are just blown away by things that were everyday items,
3: seemingly a short time ago, I think my daughter was maybe like three or four. No, no, she was probably like five or six. And we were at an elderly relatives house. And they had a phone like on a table, but it was electronic. So like an electronic desk phone. And my daughter's just playing, we're talking, we're having a different conversation. And we'd look over and she's just hitting buttons and doing stuff. And finally my wife goes, Grace, do you know what that is? And she goes, "Mm, a robot? A robot. (laughs) No, it's not a robot. That's what we used to have instead of iPhones. Uh, Do you have, Herb Howard, do you have a nickname that you use for people when you can't remember their name? but you run into them and you're like, Hey chief, or what do you use? Love. Like, if like women it's like, Hey love, how you doing?
4: I don't know. I think guys, I just kind of like, I just kind of like let them figure it out that I don't really know where we know each other from. It's just like, this look like I'm trying to figure it out. And then it's like, they like, you don't remember. And I'm like, sorry, you know what okay. I mean? Um, so I don't think I have one. I don't think I have a default go-to for like guys. I can't recognize women that I can't recognize. Like,
1: Hey, love. Good to see you. Like how are you? with my former in-laws? I realized after a while, I never called them anything. Mm. not Mr. or Mrs., not by their first name. It was just every time we talk, we just picked up conversation. So then, at a certain point, I was like, i'm I'm kind of t- too deep at this point. So right. so I don't think I ever actually called them by their by their names or like gave them a name i didn't never called them mr and mrs never called them by their first name and like in my phone they were just in as like mom and dad and their last name but i never actually called them anything we just always started talking
4: what's the longest time you guys have ever gone interacting with someone without knowing their name and i mean i don't mean like like 30 seconds two minutes i mean like a couple of weeks a month i was at this job for like a year i talked to this person every day i never knew their name like how long have you guys gone in that type of scenario i don't feel like you've probably ever done that jay
3: i don't do that really because i usually i have different i, I want to say tricks but i like a lot of times i will put it in my phone like even a parking attendant if i know that's a place i'm going to be going through a lot i want to put that person's name in my phone so that when I forget, I can check it. And this is what's scary, man. This makes me makes me feel like the world's getting away from me because it's like the merging of man and machine that like I'm counting on my phone to be my memory because I can't do it. Uh, if I am going somewhere, if I'm out in a social setting with my wife, I always, before we go in, she's very good at remembering people's names. I always say, make sure you drop the person's name somewhere so that I hear it. Like say, hey, Shelly. You remember Jason? (laughs) Hey, hey, Shelly, mother of four, who we know from uh, the gym. You know, something like that. Some kind of greeting like that. And then uh, the other thing I do is actually, and this is going to sound crazy, I'm just honest with people. And I just say, hey, I know you. I know we've talked a few times. I don't remember your name. Please tell me. I would just tell them that up front, save all the awkwardness. It's not that I'm so honest that I can't lie, but it's that I can't lie very well in the sense of being fake. So, like, I have a hard time a lot of times if somebody, someone who I really actually know, like, asks me how I'm doing, I have a hard time just being like, fine, if it's not fine, things like that. So, I would have a hard time. We have, yeah. (laughs) So, I have a hard time continuing with somebody, uh, continuing a conversation with somebody under the guys that I know who they are, but I really don't. And this happens a lot now. I feel like this happens a lot because of social media. This is the old man show right here, man. I feel like this happens a lot because of social media, especially Twitter. Like, I will see somebody on Twitter all the time. I'll see their face, their profile pictures, their face. They put their thoughts on there. It's like, I kind of know this person, but I've only met them in real life like once or twice. Mm. So I have a hard time remembering, like, how do I know you? And what's your name again? Things True. like that. But I, but I usually will use one of those three tactics of either I've written it in my phone or I have my wife with me to help me or I just straight up as a last resort will tell them I can't remember
1: what your name is. Or if they have just like a different avatar than just themselves and then they walk – like I've had it happen where someone walks up to you and they're like, oh, hey, and I'm like, what's up? You know? And then they're like, oh, it's me from Twitter And I'm, and then like later <laughs> I'll go back and be like, okay – I'm sure this is me being a jerk, but let me go back to you know right. check their profile and but their avatar is something completely different. So
3: yeah, like, their profile how, is like a horseman or something, and we're just like yeah, yeah I, and that's just weird anyway. Like you will have people like yo, you know, like
4: I watch your podcast and it's like okay, let me tell you how this podcast thing works. You can see me. I don't see anybody out there, and so you come up to me like like we grew up to like we grew up together. Like hey, and it's like hey, it's like it's me at. Such and such, 317 is like, oh, right. wonderful. And that, now I do feel like I kind of know you like from just commenting on the show or being around stuff like that. But how did you right. expect me to recognize you running up on me like
3: that? It's a little weird. I still, I feel like you would never be as awkward as I am in those situations because you have, uh, what's it called? People skills. <laughs> I feel like you're much better at that. One of the things I do, just so you know, just to be clear, a lot of times I will address people as Bud. Mm. And but that is in a term of affection. Like, that's not because I don't remember your name. I call, like, some of my closest, I call my children that sometimes when I'm mm-hmm. saying something to them. So that's not like a cover for not knowing your name. Here's one for you. I have a friend who, hmm, how to put this? He injured himself in the height of passion and had to go wow. to the hospital. Herb wow. Howard, have you yes. ever injured yourself in the height of passion? Um, so You get to know people, Rick. Should, I should not ask this not my, beyond Bears, not Bears beyond the
4: common like you know rug burn or like no, no 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 no
3: this friend got a hernia this friend got a hernia i had to go Ooh. to the hospital yeah no i've had i've had like the rug burn or i've caught like a charley
4: horse or cramp like mid-stroke and i'm like you just you just fight through that you know you just well, <laughs> you that's just, true you just you just you just push through that little cramp
3: or whatever um because we we put our star player first all the time. <laughs> I had a friend came to work once, and he had a big bandage on his forehead. He said it was a big cut, and I said, "Well, how did it, how did it happen? Nobody who gets cut like that across their forehead." Right. And he said that he said that that's how it happened. Wow! Which I, I don't know it. to this day. I don't know if that's true, but it's a but it's a it's a cool answer. It's a good answer. You should just say that either way. Any injury you ever have, you should say because then right. people are like, "Oh, this guy." Putting in work.
4: (laughs) That is how I ruptured my Achilles from now on.
3: There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. What's that that scar on your Achilles from, Herb? Oh, let me tell you. This is one night. (laughs) But give as few details as possible. Just be like, uh, well, I can't really share that story at work. You guys want to talk about the lottery?
1: We probably should. I mean, what two point it ended up being what two point oh four billion dollars? And what you know, like sometimes when it the, the, gets this big, it's like okay, it's split between like seven people. Which, mind you, is still fantastic, but it's one person. One person it won. Was, yeah, one person. I think it was like L.A. County. I'm one pretty sure. One person in
3: California won two point oh four
1: wow. billion. Wow. Well, I mean, really? After the after the government, you know, that's what like seven hundred million, probably something like. Oh, that. Oh, poor I, them. No, no, it's true. But see, this is part of why people
3: go broke, because it's when they win the lottery. And I believe it's like 70% of lottery winners go broke. It was what I read today. It's because right off the top, you're talking about maybe like 30% of that amount of money. So it's never the winnings that you think. There's a guy uh, on Twitter, Robert Rayola, who is a CPA who does a lot of like sports tax stuff. And it's very interesting if you're interested in this like esoteric details of sports, like the jock tax, for example, like you have to pay taxes. If you're an NBA player, you have to pay taxes in every NBA city for the nights that you're there working there. You pay a tax on your salary for the two nights that you're in Memphis or whatever. Um, He has a lot of interesting stuff like that if you like that kind of stuff. But he was tweeting about the Powerball winner today and he said it's 2.04 million with a uh, cash value option. So instead of getting it in installments, you get the cash value option of 998 million. And then after federal taxes, there are no taxes on lottery winnings in the state of California. After federal taxes, that comes out to 629 million. So you are talking about like 30%, I think. Am I doing good math there? Yeah. You're talking about 30% of what that big number, that 2 billion, it's not really 2 billion. You can't just take this and uh, and go buy the Phoenix Suns with it. Um But what happens, though, is people are not prepared for that level of wealth, which I probably wouldn't be either. I, Especially as the, in my marriage, the spender of the two, I would blow through a lot of money very quickly. But people lose it over gambling. They lose it over terrible investments. They lose it over everybody coming to you for a handout on it, everybody wanting a little bit of it. Next thing you know, you've got a Ferrari that's being repossessed.
4: You've just had the biggest... Gamble payoff ever you turned two bucks in the seven hundred million. Why are you still gambling? like you you can't win anymore. You can't gamble any better than you just did. like you hit the gamble lottery like literally and figuratively like you know, you're done we're done gambling and then we're gonna blow this seven hundred million on something else.
3: I mean it seems impossible. You always think who could blow through six hundred and twenty nine no. million dollars, but between the investments, divorce if you get divorced then you lose a bunch there. Like there's a lot of ways to lose $600 million. Somebody posed this interesting question to me months ago. And this was like a hypothetical that this person was using as uh, almost like what we were doing with Herb Howard, asking him various questions just to get inside the mind of Herb Howard. Let's say you're at a gas station and you want to buy a lottery ticket. You want to buy one of these Powerball tickets, but you don't have your wallet for whatever reason. You don't have any cash and you borrow two bucks from a guy. Who's also getting gas? He's hey, I, I got a good feeling today. Whatever reason, you got to buy one that day. You borrow two bucks from the guy, then you buy the ticket and you win, and you win. Let's say a hundred million after taxes. At the end of the day, you're going to clear hundred million on this. What do you? Two bucks.
1: You? <laughs> <laughs> really though?
4: I give him what he's owed. Two bucks. No, I'm kidding. Really? I, I'm that kidding. That is what he's owed.
3: You're right. That is what. He, that is all he's owed. You're right. What would you give no. the guy? You would just want a hundred million on the two 100 bucks. hundred million? I'd give a million. Okay.
4: I'd give them a million and I'd feel okay yeah. about it.
3: I'd feel more than okay about giving someone a million dollars.
1: I was thinking half a mil. So you're a better person than me. Like at that point, how much are they going to argue? Like we're not, we're not saying like, Hey, you know what? Two grand. 20 grand, which mind you still awesome. That's a great day for you, by the way, forget
3: what, forget what is going on in someone else's situation that they've won a hundred million and up. like, just think about you, you you were at a gas station and lent someone $2 and they brought you back 20 grand. Like that's a great day. That's a great day for me. If I'm that guy, the, this was part of a group conversation and the answers ranged everywhere from $2 to half. Oh no, no split it with the guy, the half people were lying. I think both of those answers yes. are crazy. Yes. Both are absurdly ridiculous. I think if you get, I think if you, if someone lent you $2 and you gave them 10 grand, like I said, it's a great day for the guy, but I would probably feel, I would probably feel like, I, I think I'm with Campy. I think I'd, I'd give the guy one of my hundred millions. I'd give him 1 million. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm
4: going, I'm going for, I'm going for a mil, and we're good. Like, you know, $2, that's just so extremely selfish and ungrateful and just mean like I, I would rather you give zero than to give them two bucks back like that's just not cool no. um and then 50 million i think you're just lying i don't think you're telling the truth i think you're lying i don't think anybody's actually doing that
3: i think giving someone a million would would feel fine to me i think i could yeah. go with that.
1: that was
2: time for a chicago bears segment we call
1: to
3: find I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently.
2: Everything's fine.
3: That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Campy, Tony showed you his favorite button, huh? He told you where to find it. Yep. Felt like the right time. He has caused so much havoc with that over the two years that we've been doing this show where he... Either just he, he, no matter what, he either hits it during a serious segment. He forgets to hit it. I'll tell him beforehand. Hey, I got like three of these. If you want to use them at different times today, uh, because I gotta have something prepared for this. And then he'll hit. He'll he'll forget to hit it at all. He'll forget we even have it. There's other times where he'll hit it for the fourth time, and it's like Tony, I only had three of these, and so I gotta then just try to come up with one. But I do have one today, and this would be an interesting one for Herb Howard. The Bears are playing the Lions on Sunday. Mm -hmm in a game that the rest of the country doesn't know is happening, I don't think. No. If you're in Detroit or Chicago, you'll be aware of what happens in that game. Uh, everyone else, it, 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 they could cancel it, and you'd never find out, probably. But anyway, you, Herb Howard, were saying before the season that you thought the Lions would be better than the Bears, I believe?
4: Is no, I was on the other end is of that, that? Russ's Tony... argument? No, Russ, is, Russ has been telling me, since the preseason, that the Lions were going to be good this yeah. year. They got all these yeah. signees. They had these draft picks, and they're going to be getting them. like, they're still Detroit. I don't care. They aren't going to be good. And so I've been wanting to kind of rub that in his face a little bit, but I'm like, not yet, because we were talking about Bears-Lions. And so the Bears have to beat them first, and then I'll be all over Russ Ford.
3: There was a line that you said in that about they're still the Lions, and that is the most – Uh, That is the least self-aware thing that a Bears fan could say. Because post Lovey Smith, the Lions are 10-8 and against the Bears. And during that time, from 2013 through the end of last season, the Bears and the Lions, here's their winning percentages, okay? Detroit, 421 winning percentage over those years. Chicago Bears, 421 winning percentage over those years. When you're looking around trying to figure out who's the Lions... And you can't figure it out, it, then you're it's you. You're the Lions. It's the it's the Bears. No, I I feel you on that, but it's just something. Bears are about three the and Lions. six, by the way. Russ, Russ is not yet wrong on this because he's three and they the Bears are three and six, and the Lions are two and six. And I think the Bears are like a two point favorite in this game at home. But they aren't good. They aren't good. You think you think about Detroit, they have arguably
4: had top five all time running back, top five all time receiver, and it still never mattered right? They've had Barry Sanders. They've had Calvin Johnson. It doesn't even
3: matter. Like they still 421. They still suck. Like it's, they're- it is amazing. They've been around almost as long as the bears. They've been around, I think 92 or 93 seasons and, uh, have actually won less than the bears, which is hard to do, which is hard to the do. Bears, but are a,
1: the bears are a three point favorite on BetMGM. MGM, by the way. Thank you, Rick camp. Look at you. Mm-hmm. You can go to bet. MGM. <laughs> and
3: you can bet on that game. This is not planned, but I remember the live read. You can bet $10 on Bears Lions and if you use our promo code adjacent200, you will win $200 in free future bets if either of those teams scores a touchdown. I would rather be the Bears out of the two today. Even with both teams sitting at 3 and 6, 2 and 6, you know, going nowhere this season. I I would rather be the Bears, but um because I think that Detroit is still like doesn't have a quarterback, doesn't have a coach necessarily. The last time we saw Dan Campbell, he was um forgetting the rule about calling back-to-back timeouts mm-hmm. and allowing Matt <laughs> allowing Matt Nagy the, the greatest celebration at the end of uh at the end of a week in which he was fake fired, but not fired, but and not they, they, they eke out a 16-14 thriller against the Lions. Uh Troy Aikman was so incensed that he had to spend his Thanksgiving watching that game. And he should have been. <laughs> it wasn't what were we talking about what were we talking about before we got on this we're talking about Powerball yeah
4: I remember being at the casino I remember being at the casino and I was shooting craps and there's this guy who like bet bet a lot of money that I would throw a high dice right Mm -hmm. and I threw the high dice and he won he ended up winning like a couple grand on this one roll and then he um so he gets a couple grand and he sends me, he throws me like a twenty-five dollar chip, like, hey, thanks, and threw me a twenty-five dollar chip across the table. So I'm like, Cool, thanks. I appreciate that. Because I'm thinking like you were thinking on the on the lottery ticket. Like, hey, you turned two bucks into 10 grand or 20 grand. It's a good day for me. Yeah, I didn't do okay. anything. The guy just threw me a $25 chip because I he wants some money on the roll that I had. And then there's this guy next to me, and he's like, Oh, that's terrible. He you just made him two grand and he throw you $25. dollars i was like, he didn't have to give me anything like he like he didn't I didn't even borrow two dollars from him he didn't have to do anything I was like I'm fine with it like you should you should relax man you relax
3: I've had terrible experiences in casinos as far as uh not terrible like something bad happened just other than just losing money constantly Mm -hmm. the first time I ever went to a casino I was 19 and I was in Canada and it, everything is legal in Canada, except littering. As long as you're 19, you can do pretty much <laughs> anything there. Okay. Um, and so we went to a Canadian casino uh, in Windsor, which is like just across from Detroit. And uh, I imagine that's what 19 year olds in Detroit do is they just drive to Windsor to do whatever they want, except litter. And all the it was the perfect first gambling experience because I couldn't really keep track very well uh, because drinking is legal when you're 19 there, too. Uh, I oh, couldn't wow. really keep track very well of what the money was. Cause it's like purple and blue and you got to do some math sure. in your head. And yeah. it was not, it was not the time for me to be doing math in my head. And uh, so I'm just like losing all this purple and blue money and it's all gone before I know it. And then I, I'm not really sure how much I lost uh, on what and uh, did not entice me to continue to go to casinos. The next time that I was in a casino gambling was like, 15 years later, it was the first time I'd ever been to Vegas. I had, uh, I was going there like every year for summer league for when I was covering basketball. So my first trip out to there, out there to summer league, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I want to do when we go places for the first time, I like to do what they do there in Vegas, you go there and you go in the casino and uh, again, Yeah, again, just just bleeding money. Sit down at a blackjack table. I know how to play blackjack. Let's go. $20 gone. $20 gone. $20 gone. I don't think I really want to keep playing this game. Sports gambling is more fun. Sports gambling is more fun because you can bet money on like a Tuesday night Pistons Nuggets game that nobody cares about and suddenly make it interesting for yourself. Like, oh, now I really want to see if, uh, you know, the Pistons can cover minus 12 or whatever it is.
1: Can I confess something really gross that I bet on tonight?
3: Please do. Uh Oh,
1: what a, great, what a great what a great premise yeah shea gilgis alexander of of the uh thunder under half a three-pointer was pretty decent plus <laughs> money so I bet it and did you and win somewhere some well somewhere either the, the game's still going on and somewhere in the fourth quarter or one of the over they're in their second overtime he hit a couple threes so oh,
4: man. That's, in,
3: in that's regulation crazy. you were good in regulation you th- won
1: I think so that's a yeah. bad beat
4: yeah, it's not yeah great. I was gonna say, do y'all watch those bad beats? Those be real, real good, man. SVP is like yes. he's good at narrating those things too. And this is like, oh, that's terrible because some of them are like so improbable and ridiculous. And it's like you, you got to feel terrible for whoever lost that bet.
1: College basketball is the worst for that because it's like it, how many stoppages you can get, and the players suck, and they do dumb things, and it's like, oh yeah, it's like hey, bet on something where a 13-point lead with one minute to go is nowhere near a sure thing on a money line. <laughs> like, no, no. I do dumb things. I just said one dumb thing that I bet on. I will not touch college basketball with a 10-foot pole.
3: It's crazy watching games now with the prevalence of sports gambling and just the different ways you can do it where you can bet during the game. Yes. There is there's never uh, anything that doesn't matter. There is never anything that happens of no consequence. And I always think there is. I'm like, oh, what does this meaningless Cowboys touchdown at the end of a 49-29 blowout mean? It means something. To somebody, somebody bet, you know, at some point during that game, Dallas plus or Dallas minus 19, and that's the touchdown that helped them win.
4: Yeah, no, I'm with with you on that. There's somebody, there's somebody's like sitting next to me in the booth and they're like, watching the game so oddly and i'm like what are you talking about and they're like and they start telling me all these things that they need to happen and don't need to happen i'm like yeah okay that's why i don't do that because it makes you watch the game so awkwardly and it's like that's just weird like do your thing do your thing Did
3: did you guys parents let you gamble this is bad behavior but my dad let us gamble when we were kids we couldn't. What? Like, casino, how? like obviously. So, like, my dad had hmm. like an office pool, a football, an NFL office pool, uh. where you pick the winners and you assign confidence points. I don't know if people still do that now because there's. So yeah, many I still do other, that. Like one through sixteen so or whatever. Hmm. We would do that. But never win. And my dad would t- my dad would take us to the to Arlington. My dad would take us to the horse track, and he would let us place a two dollar bet on each race. It was. I think it was my dad's way of getting to do something he wanted to do during the time where he was <laughs> responsible for us. Like, oh, don't you kids Smart want to go man. to the horse track? Right? He's <laughs> got to pay between me and my brother, you know, forty bucks basically to right. uh, get to count that as good quality time. And we, but we would never win that either. And I would, I'm terrible at it because I would always be like, well, if you bet the favorite and it's like two to one or something like that, you're gonna barely win anything. Like, I gotta bet this twenty six to one you know never the longest long shot never like the 99 to 1 you know like a horse with three legs or something like that but like <laughs> a 26 to 1 that's got a chance and the one time that hits it's going to be good except if it never hits what's the most money you guys have won what's what's like your best gambling take home i think i won like 1200
4: once at a casino just like wow like nice. shoot, like shooting dice and it was so crazy because i had lost i was i was down like either 4 or 500 And that's way past whatever I ever want to lose at a casino. But I was just one of those days where I was like, I'm chasing the hundred that I just lost. And now it's two and three and like four. And I was down either four or five hundred and it was I was down to my like I had I had no more chips. Like I only had what I had out there in bets and uh, somebody hits a hard eight, which I had, I don't know, I had like fifty or a hundred dollars or something on this hard eight. And it hit and it was pretty meaningless to everybody else around the table, it was like 15, 20 other people <laughs> around the table. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, what? And I'm like, my bad. Don't worry about it. Just is like, please give me all my money back. And then so I was like a little bit above even at that point. And I kept playing a little bit more. And I think I had like a, a hot roll and I ended up winning like twelve hundred. I was like, that was really, really bad. And it turned really, really good quickly. I was like, let me get out of here before I go back down that hole
3: Campy, what's the most nice. money you've won betting uh, Russell Westbrook over under two and a half <laughs> traveling violations per game or some obscure thing like that.
1: I did a same game parlay on I don't remember which game of the finals uh, in the bubble when it was heat Lakers. And I won 136 to one same game parlay. So it was a $10 bet that turned into 1300 and just i only remember it that vividly because i yeah. i saved a screenshot of it on my phone so just because i was that proud of it it was like six different things to happen like alt lines on all of them and uh and yeah that would that turned into that was a great day because it was i'm watching this it's kind of late and at at that point my wife was asleep and i'm like I'm way Anthony Davis hits a three pointer from the top of the key with like 45 seconds left in the game, and that clinches it for me. And I want to lose it. Yeah. So much, but I'm doing all the like, <laughs> 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 all the like <laughs> <laughs> just, just air I punching. Like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And it, oh, it was incredible. And my I wife, would, like, my
3: wife would not want to be woken up for that. My wife would be like, you could have just as easily told me this in the morning. All right, let's call some bullshit. This is
2: Bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with Bullshit.
0: High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. Sheet. To be sure.
2: Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit.
3: I Call Bullsheet is brought to you by our friends over at Sheets and Giggles. And let me tell you, if you don't have some Sheets and Gigs sheets on your bed, you need to get some. And this is a really good time to do it. Again, normally we're talking about the mattress discount on here, but they are going all out this weekend. When this episode comes out on Friday morning, what is that, November 11th? The sale is live. They're calling it Green Friday. It's bigger than Black Friday. It is up to 40% off of mattresses. 50% 50% off of sheets, you gotta go on and get the sheet set. I'm telling you, you gotta go on and get the sheet set. You're gonna love it. Just go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Sheetsgiggles.com SA. Uh usually, Herb, if you're not around every week, you uh you wouldn't know that this segment is usually devoted to something Brooklyn Nets related. But uh <laughs> we're gonna call Bullsheet on, which we could probably do this week still. Sure. Because they 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 kinda moseyed out of the room on that Ime Udoku. Ime Udoku. <laughs> like Homer Simpson going back through the bushes. Never mind. Anyway, the Colts are doing something crazy too. I, Jim Mersey is a guy who's just like, he's he's running this team just on a feeling, I feel like. Just just on a whim, like what seems right today? How can I be a crazy billionaire the most? And he fires Frank Reich, who went 40-33-1 despite five starting quarterbacks in five years. So he takes this job, Frank Reich, he takes this job after uh, Josh McDaniels turns it down and backs out of it. Frank Reich takes this job thinking, it's a pretty good job. we got Andrew Luck. we got a good GM. There's a lot of things that make sense here. His quarterbacks, year by year, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and a very, very washed Matt Ryan. If he wants to fire Frank Reich, okay. You know, Frank Reich, their team wasn't great. Their team soiled themselves in the season finale last year against Jacksonville. Cost them a playoff spot. I, I get being mad about that. Uh, but they bring in Jeff Saturday, who has never coached above the high school level. And I read a stat, Herb, that the last time, uh, his last season coaching high school at Hebron Christian High School, he was three and seven. Mm, very and quote, he, says he He says he has no idea, quote, no idea if he'll be
4: good at this job. Yeah, I think, like, when you talk about just... Jim Ursay and just like being a billionaire that's just kind of playing things by ear and making decisions on a whim. I think he's just playing. I think it's just like, this is my new, this is my toy. This, this, this billion dollar franchise sure. is my toy and I'm just going to play with it however I want. And hey, I know that guy who used to work for me. Hey, come back over here and do this thing again. It's like, I think Jeff Saturday knows football. I think being a center is one of those positions. I, I kind of view it like being a catcher in baseball, right? They, they just tend to know Game, they have a different perspective on it, and so I I, I like centers as coaches, generally speaking. But to just pull the guy out of an ESPN studio mid-season, no less, and say, "Come take over this team," I
3: don't know how you do that. Like with the rest of the staff, when a college team fires its coach and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have Barry Alvarez coach the bowl game," you know, we're gonna just—it's just one game. They got a month to prepare. It's fine. This is the sport where you could least do this. This isn't like hiring Steve Nash. Or David Ross. This is like he's gonna go coach against Bill Belichick. Well, he won't because they just played the Patriots. But like this is not a job you just walk into and mid season figure it out on the fly. And I know he's got a lot of experience. He was a very good player. A very long time, but that's not how this works.
4: No, if you do this at the if you do this in the off season, and he's got time to come in and make his presence felt and establish his culture and you know do whatever he wants to do with the roster and those types of things, then I can I still wouldn't really agree with it, but I would give it a little bit more leeway in the off season. to do this mid season is absolutely terrible. I don't care how much respect the coaches have for Jeff Saturday and his playing career, the coordinators that are there, the assistants that were there, they're, they're not going to be like, this is cool. You know what I mean? Like this is not, it's not okay. Is he, is he going to come in, like flip the staff, bringing his own OC, bringing his own DC. Are they going to implement a new system mid season? Like how's this going to work? Like you just promote from within say, finish out this, take these last eight or nine games as the DC OC interim head coach, And we'll figure this thing out after that. So just bring in somebody completely from the outside, former player or not, high-level player or not, with that organization or not. You're just playing. You're just, because I can. Because I'm a billionaire to my team and I can't.
3: This is the ultimate example of that. It's my team. I'll do whatever I want, come what may. I feel like maybe Jim Irsay wanted a crazier idea and somebody talked him out of it. Jim Irsay was like, why don't we hire a homeless man? Like someone who's just so outside the box. Come in, look at it, totally different. And they're like, oh, okay, that's great. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. We'll start looking into that. Also, how about Jeff Saturday? Jeff Saturday. And then you just kind of start to sell him on it like it was his idea, you know? Uh, Jeff Saturday's first decision was to reach all the way down to the assistant quarterbacks coach. Not the quarterbacks coach. The Mm -hmm. assistant quarterbacks coach, Parks Frazier, to make him the offensive play caller. Here's the real bullshit about the Coltsling. This is the part that actually does bother me and I want to call bullshit on. Getting to coach the Indianapolis Colts for eight games as the interim coach is not some throwaway opportunity. It's not something that you're like, oh, let's just let my nephew or Jeff Saturday do it. That would mean a lot to somebody's career. And there are people who would, there are coaches and he's getting a lot of heat, particularly because this is one way of kind of circumventing the Rooney rule. Uh, whether that's what his intention was or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's all kinds of coaches that have have paid their dues and worked for this. And if you gave them the opportunity to be interim coach of the Colts for eight games, that could make their career. And this feels like really disregarding that. And on that note, I'm curious what you think about this, sir. Like, I, I couldn't blame anybody on that roster. I couldn't blame Shaq Leonard, for example, for kind of checking out at this point and being like, oh, okay, so we're just firing the coach we're just out of it halfway through the season and we're just bringing in somebody from espn that's never coached before and i'm supposed to take this seriously every week yeah i think i I bet everybody in the locker room is calling bullshit on that like that's i think i'm gonna need another three or four weeks to recover from this hamstring injury
4: exactly exactly i think everybody's gonna call bullshit on it and and they should they should it's like it doesn't even make sense like what are we doing here? Like this, this does not make sense. There are lots of other coaches who deserve those opportunities. And we, when, 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 when we asked uh, Matt Eberflus about it on Wednesday, he did not appreciate it. And he was like, I'm not going to really go into it, but he kind of went into it. He's like, yeah, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people there. I've got a lot of friends there, people I know and love, and I don't like how that went down. Like, that's just not complete bullshit
1: the other thing too they have a former head coach on staff it's not even like it was a completely green coaching staff like Gus Bradley wasn't a great head coach but for someone to to yada 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 you through half a season (laughs) that's even right there on your coaching staff already someone that you could have just been like okay fine and if they did that like nobody bats an eye at it because a it makes sense and b if, if that's all you're trying to do Maybe then in those other spots where people have vacated in their organization, people that deserve other opportunities get those opportunities, and you just have Gus Bradley there to just get you through it.
3: It would be a hard place to work, I think, with Jim Irsay. And this is a place where things were going so well for so long. They had Peyton Manning right into Andrew Luck practically, and then Andrew Luck retires, surprisingly. And they go with Brissett, and then they bring in Rivers, and then they say, All right, no more of these stopgap one year quarterbacks. Ursay says this, no more of this, no more of this. I forget if it was Ursay or Ballard that says this, but Ballard has to go along with whatever Ursay Ballard, I think everybody respects. Sure. That. He's yep. got to do what Ursay wants. That's still his boss. And they continue to go with stopgap quarterbacks with Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. And now, uh, now they need to the bottom out now and get the draft yeah. pick that they need. But um, this has not gone well. And maybe they get what they deserve with whatever Jeff Saturday can do. Jeff Saturday, who has quote, no idea if he'll be good at this.
4: I want them to go all in on this thing. I want them to go all in. I want Peyton Manning to be OC. I want Dwight Freeman to be DC. I want like, I, I let's, let's just let, I want Adam Vinatieri to be the special teams coordinator. Let's go all in on this whole entire former coach coaching staff player thing. And let's just see what it works. Get Let Peyton Manning be the
3: OC. Let Dwight Freeney be the DC. Let's go all in on this. Do you, I wonder if Jeff Saturday knows what he's gotten himself into. I wonder, are we going to have to put an addendum or postscript on this, like before Friday morning saying that Jeff Saturday has resigned because he realized how much work this is? And this is not a criticism of Jeff Saturday, uh, but this no. is so much work. This is so much work. And it reminds me of, like, uh, Dan, Dan Marino took the job of uh, team president of the Dolphins and resigned very shortly after because – it's so much more work than being on TV every week and doing CBS or whatever. And the first phone call that we know of, according to Jeff Saturday, from Earth Day to Saturday, even discussing any of this, was Sunday. And he was hired by, was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. So Jeff Saturday didn't have a ton of time to really like. Mold this over. It, this isn't like he's a coach and he's got to decide, hey, do I want to take this coaching job? It was like, do I want to completely change my change my life? life. And become one of these 18-hour-a-day uh, workaholic head coaches in the NFL. Like, well, I hope you did, buddy. I hope that the two days you had to think about that, I hope you decided this is what you want your life to be like for the next two months. It's game week. Are they even in a bye? I think they play the Raiders this week. Like, we, can, you per-
4: can you check that for us? It's game week, and you got, like, you change head coaches from outside of the building. And he's got he's going to come in. He's going to implement a game week schedule, like, no,
1: they are facing the Raiders this week and they have a total of four more games until they're by.
3: No, that would have been maybe a better time to. There is no good time to do this, probably, but maybe that would have been a better time. Anyway, we, we look forward to pointing out how wrong we, were, we are. We look forward to two months from now calling bullshit on ourselves as uh, Jeff Saturday accepts the award for coach of the year. But <laughs> look, these like this has got to be just like maddening for guys like Eric, Eric, the enemy. enemy. Pep Hamilton, yes. even Brian Flores to an extent. Yes. And not that any of those guys were available because you can't – those specifically, you can't go get one of those guys off the staff that they're on. All three of those sure. guys are on a staff right now. You can't go do that midseason. You would have to get somebody that is a coaching free agent. But it got to be just like infuriating how hard That's- it is. to All those guys, I think, are in their 40s or 50s and haven't gotten this opportunity – And here goes Jeff Saturday, straight out of Hebron Christian High School, and he gets to be head coach of the Colts for eight games to prove himself, you know, whether he could be a head coach or not.
4: He's been an analyst all season. I haven't seen all of his content on ESPN, but I'm willing to bet at some point he said something denigrating about... This team and these players specifically, and somebody's going to find it. Somebody's going to be like, yo, look at what your new head coach said about you week four. It's too much. I don't think I don't think it's going to work. I don't think anybody's going to buy into it. I think they are going to get rolled by the Raiders, who are not very good. But I just don't see how this thing works. Even If you change teams as a player, there's this kind of slow process. And maybe we can get you 20 snaps this
3: week. You're the head football coach midweek, like, come on, man, this, no, let me, complete ask you, let, bullshit. Me ask, let me ask you a question that goes, it's bullshit. Cause it's a sponsored segment. You, it's sheets and giggles. I said sheets. Okay, good. <laughs> let me, let me ask what? you a question that goes beyond football. Cause you make some very good points about why this is ridiculous from a football standpoint, but let, let's get into like real life here. Is this mm-hmm. on Jeff Saturday to turn this down? Does Jeff Saturday no. have any responsibility here or does Jeff Saturday say, I've just been offered a job to be a head coach of the Colts. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Other people have been bypassed. I'm taking this. No, it's not. It's not on him. Like,
4: I'm not I'm not mad at Jeff Saturday. I don't wish him any. I don't wish bad things for him. I hope he does well. It's fine. Right. He's a good player. All of that. It's fine. I have no issue with Jeff Saturday. It's the process and the decision. That's absolutely crazy. And so if Jeff Saturday wants to be an NFL head coach and some owner calls you like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. You want to be the coach of the Colts? Sure. Like, <laughs> Okay, you know what I mean? Like, all right, go to the airport. Like, fine. No, I don't, I don't think he has any reasonable responsibility to say, nah, that's probably not a good idea. I, I get it. They, If he called me, I would have took it too. It has been almost as unreasonable, but, <laughs> you know what I
3: mean? Ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs>
4: like, 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 ridiculous.
3: I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash sa. And do it now, right when you hear this Friday morning, go on there. They're having their Green Friday sale, bigger than Black Friday. They call it Green Friday because they're a company that's very serious about sustainability. Um, You can get 40% off, up to 40% off of their new mattress, which is incredibly comfortable. And you can get 50% off the sheets. They've got regular sheets set in all different colors, silky smooth, 100% eucalyptus. They've also got the eucalyptus cotton hybrid flannel type sheets Uh, if you want that. If you uh, you want to like snuggle in for winter, I like the silky uh, 100% eucalyptus year-round because yeah. I'm someone that likes to be kind of cold when I sleep. But uh, whatever your preference is, they've got it all. It, it, they, not only does it feel great, it looks great on your bed. Very comfortable sheets, very good-looking sheets, uh, and you can get huge discount on it this weekend. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA.
4: None of us are stranger to doing these reads and promos and things like that. You know, sometimes we like the stuff, sometimes we don't. But sheets and giggles, legit. Like I, I, I ordered them after I was on the show and loved them. And I've gone back to order more. It's like legit. Like it feels great. It looks great. It like just feels good on your skin. I like the little throw blanket thing. I got the sheets. All of it. Like this is this is not one of those things just to read. Just because sheets and giggles is legit. Like I love I love everything I've gotten
0: from. Them.
3: For the first, well, not the first time, but like I very rarely go, pre- maybe the first time since I was a kid. And I love going to like a new grocery store and just looking around and seeing all the different things that they have there. And I was led to believe by my wife that everything was really cheap. So I just kind of grabbed everything that looked good. And then when we checked out, it was like $134. Oh, very irresponsible. You know.
1: I'm not allowed to, I'm not normally allowed to buy the groceries in our house. Well, to be fair, how much did you grab? Because if you grabbed a ton of stuff, $134 could be like, Okay, that's reasonable. But it was a lot of like cookies and
3: snack types. It was none of it was to you yeah. could not make a meal. You couldn't if the you know, chops where they have the basket if you open it up you're like this I can't do anything with this. You couldn't make a meal. I love how you Kevin's can, like, "What's the amazing. problem?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see it. Right. I don't see the issue here. I mean, it Well, You know, we just passed one of the great days on the fat calendar, uh November 1st is a fantastic day because it's cheap candy oh, right. day. Oh, okay. I all, know. The That's leftover, right. all the leftover Halloween candy yeah. goes on clearance.
3: Well, so I have children, stuff, so I don't need that. Yeah. I just raid theirs. Although they are getting to the age where it's like, and, and they have, they, my kids are, my kids, my daughters are young. They're 11 and eight, but they can talk to you the way a 20 something would talk to you because they will not just be mad and be like, why'd you take my candy? They will say, dad, that, uh, doesn't show me a proper level of respect that you took my candy without asking. <laughs>
1: oh. now
3: you actually feel bad like <laughs> right it's like oh i thought i was just stealing a twix bar and instead it turns out i was, getting I was you something to talk you. to a therapist about in 20 years <laughs> <laughs> Cheap candy
4: day, what, what November go, 1.
3: Yeah, yeah. What did you go yeah, raid at the uh what'd you go raid at the local Jewels or whatever grocery store you shop at, my friend?
1: Yeah, well I, of course I go to the jewels. Uh but and also uh sidebars. Yes, bring
4: the S on Jewels, Campy. Let's go.
1: I believe November 1st is the first time you start to see my favorite Oreo varietal which is the white chalk the white fudge covered Oreos oh, that yes. are only These around oh are so
3: good yes
1: i yeah i don't think they ha- i don't think they let those out until november 1st so not only do you go raid the clearance halloween candy section which at that point it's mostly like the variety packs and you just pick the ones that have the most amount of things that you like like okay i'll take the one that might have 100 grand milky way um twix and but then you have to deal with the almond joys in there it's like okay well those are used as weight to make sure this thing doesn't fly away those aren't being eaten like you just kind of have to punt on at least one of the items in the variety pack so if i can get like i got myself some of the like skittles and starburst ones uh 100 grand is my favorite candy my favorite chocolate bar that's a really good one
3: you have some really good food opinions you should do a podcast
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh Jay, Jay Zalowski disagrees with me sometimes on these things, but I, I agree. Yeah, a hundred grand bars essentially like take a Milky Way and then give it a Nestle Crunch umbrella. Mm. It's like that's that's, that's pretty much a great way, way to describe, describe it. it. Oh my
3: goodness, that was beautiful. I
1: that's can almost so taste it and feel yeah. the texture. Yeah, it is, it's wonderful. Yo. So yeah, I'll I'll find anything with a hundred grand in it and then Skittles and Starburst. It's, are the Skittles gonna kill me? Maybe but they're in fun size packs which means they won't even if i eat more of the fun size packs it still won't because it's a fun size pack
3: i feel bad when i when i binge <laughs> on skittles because skittles aren't that good skittles really aren't that good when you talk about like the fruit flavored candies there's so many yeah. that are better than skittles starburst is better than skittles sour patch kids like almost everything is better than skittles but i'll I still eat them anyway the light blue bag
4: the tropical joints those are Fido. like those those are good I like the light okay. blue bag of skittles those those are legit i'm a
1: classic Have so you guys skittles had high
3: chew
4: yeah
1: high chew yes. i i hadn't had until recently solid similar to mambas you've had mambas i i like high Chews better than mambas and high high chew apparently not by candy standards not terrible for you Oh, okay. so if you eat more in one sitting, you're still pretty oh, healthy. Don't,
3: don't try to present it like it's got vegetables in it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's vegan candy.
3: Right. It's made with spinach.
1: Right. Well, I mean, the green skittles are healthy because they're green. There's, they're some green.
3: Candy, there's some candy that I can't figure out how it sticks around. Uh, candy corn is one for me, honestly. Like, If somebody's got some candy corn out, I'll eat about three pieces of that and then I don't want any anymore. So I don't know how they're selling that in the giant bags, but I, we have uh in our house right now we have mice which makes me feel dirty and gross and we're working on that problem but in the meantime uh with the pest control people in the meantime i am setting little mouse traps and uh i usually put peanut butter on there because i've heard that works and i've caught a few that way i'm up to 10 mice herb i've caught 10 mice and i feel okay very proud of this this is about okay. the most you know like outdoorsy hunting type thing that i do But I was watching a video, I was watching a video on YouTube to find out like, you know, some good tips and any, and any kind of advice that would help me catching mice. Like maybe there's some different kind of bait that they just go crazy for. And then it snaps right on their head. Uh, Wow. And the guy, this Canadian guy, he was way too into it, but uh, you know, somebody has to be. And he said, uh, what you need is Tootsie Rolls, Tootsie Roll, or maybe it was some uh, other knockoff of Tootsie Rolls, but so I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'll try this. And so uh, my kids, I think this was like the day after Halloween. I think this was November 1st camping. I told my kids, hey, I need some of your Halloween candy to use for bait on these mousetraps. And the kids were like immediately like, no, like, again, like, dad, we have boundaries. But I was like, no, no, no. What I need is Tootsie Rolls. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. I don't care. Wow. Just hand that over. The,
4: The disrespect. I love Tootsie Rolls. I don't like how they do the fruity ones. I don't like how they I the like fruity, fruity ones. The
3: fruity ones are the only ones I do like.
4: Really, I like the fruity, fruity
3: ones th- are very good. Another I like them all
4: better than Skittles. No, I just like the classic fruity, mm. uh, classic Tootsie Roll. Like that's that's the joint. The worst candy ever, right? And maybe maybe you can tell me what this candy is. I don't even know what it's called. They okay. only they come in these plain wrappers. There's orange. They're little candies. One they had one wrapper is orange. One is like brown or black, and they're just uh, that's it. It's plain solid color. You see them on like
0: Halloween,
1: wax paper, right?
4: Yep, yep. It's like wax yeah. paper,
1: and they're yeah. just what is that?
4: I have no idea. It's disgusting. Ah. Is what it is.
1: Yeah, it's disgusting, and I like the fact that the company clearly doesn't even want to. They
4: don't even want to put a name give, on it.
1: Yes, exactly. They don't want to give you the respect. Like I don't know if it's like. Oh, here here's like the uh here's the the bastard Brock's candy that nobody wants. So we'll, so we'll just throw them in generic Halloween colors and throw it's them terrible. out there. Well it's like, unnerving because
3: I, I don't, because I, I don't yeah. know if people still do this. I don't know if this is still a big concern. And as a parent, I probably should know. But like when we were kids, there was a whole big thing about like you were gonna you, there was this don't trick or treat at houses where you don't know the people because one of the big bad things that could happen to you is they'll give you poisoned Halloween sure. candy. And that sure. candy that he's describing looks like it's been poisoned. It does. Yes. It, it looks unmarked, like it's been poisoned.
1: Unmarked, it's t- unsealed they, candy? What?
4: Anything that the owner won't put their name on it, like they don't even want to be associated with it. No, I don't. Mm-mm. That is terrible. That is a no-no. When I was growing up, that was a good way to get your house egged on Halloween. Like just t- give kids that. They'll throw eggs at your house.
3: <laughs> I still take it over raisins. Did you really get your house egged? Was that really? Some, or, well, you were probably too smart that you didn't have that kind of candy, but was that a legitimate threat? That was just something that happened in your neighborhood where people get their house egged?
4: It was something that we as young trick-or-treaters did to people who gave us the orange and brown really? wax candies. Mm. This is not wow. good. This is, yeah. this is disrespectful. Like I'm like your daughters now, like, you're disrespecting my, my trick-or-treat bag <laughs> with this foolishness. Like,
1: <laughs> no. My uncle claims he likes circus peanuts. And mind you, he is 100% the type of person who would have maybe tried them, not completely hated them, but then because everybody hates them that much, leans Uh, into it. And that becomes his candy, but he claims to like circus peanuts, and I still don't believe him, even though I've seen him eat them for years.
3: They still exist, but I don't think – I don't buy the argument that, well, somebody's buying them, or someone like somebody is buying them, I guess, but um, that – because like it's evidence that people like them that it's still being sold i don't think that's true because like candy corn for example nobody is eating that year round but people will buy it out of habit mm-hmm. for halloween true candy canes True. same thing nobody like we'll all buy candy canes but none of true. us are just sitting down like bi- like watching netflix and just chowing down on a box of candy canes
4: the colored ones are good though like uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, i know i know that was bad <laughs> for me to say right like yeah <laughs>
2: Football Roundup. Come on, it's time to play Football Roundup. Brought to you by BetMGM on a Sports Adjacent Podcast.
3: Football Roundup is brought to you by BetMGM. I love the song Tony did for that. Football Roundup is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get our great offer with promo code ADJACENT200. That is, if you bet $10 on any NFL game, if you're one of the few people that knows about Bears Lions this weekend, you can bet on that one or any other game. But if you bet $10 on any NFL game, you win $200 in free future bets as long as one of the two teams in your game scores a touchdown. Just use promo code adjacent200. BetMGM has every kind of sports betting. They've got all, they've got NBA, NHL, college football. They'll have bowl games on there you can bet on. You can bet parlays, individual player props. They have really everything. Just go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. Use our promo code Adjacent Two Hundred. Football Roundup Herb. I know you cover football, but you mostly cover the Bears, so I'm going to have to bring you up to which speed is almost on. which is almost football. It looked like football these last few weeks. But it I'm has bring you up on. Uh, I need to bring you up to speed on some other things that are going on around the league. Only the most important news, of course. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. They still have beef. Pete Carroll uh, took a shot at Russell Wilson. It was kind of one of these backhanded deals where he was praising Geno Smith for wearing a play calling wristband and said that there had been resistance to that in the past, which was obviously a shot at Russell Wilson, which r- was relayed to Russell Russell Wilson, who says, I won a lot of games there with nothing on my wrist. I don't I don't
4: I don't understand the need for such a shot. Like, I just don't understand the need to do that. that. Pete Carroll? Yes, Pete Carroll's like 73 years old. There is no need. I think
3: people just don't like Russell Wilson.
4: I I agree. I I agree. People that work with
3: him don't like him.
4: No, people that work with him don't like him. People that don't know him don't like him. People that ever heard him, anybody that's ever heard him say, let's ride, don't like him. It's it's not good. Anybody that's ever liked the Sierra song doesn't like him. I don't know what it is about him. He seems like a really good person, but somehow easily dislikable still. And... I can't wait till I get to the age of I just really don't give a F because I, I don't know exactly what that age is. But it's 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 an actual age where you just literally cease to care about anybody else's opinion about anything you say. And then you just let things fly. And I'm sure it's after like 70, once you're 73, you're beyond that. And so Pete Carroll's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, like there's no reason to say that at all at all you're just taking a shot at that dude for no reason
3: see I think and I don't find myself in this position often but I think you and I are both on Russell Wilson's side in this one
4: yeah I am I am on Russell Wilson's side because there's just no there's no reason for it and and you know he did win a lot of games for you and he would have won another really huge game for you if you weren't stupid I know he threw the pass and so the interception goes on his record but you didn't call the play but you heard it come through your headset and did not immediately veto it which is what any head coach should have done like what you're fired right now like as soon as the oc says that in the super bowl on the one yard line on second down you got a guy named beast mode what you're fired turn off your headset don't say anything else like run the ball but also if i'm the quarterback and i'm russell wilson when it comes through my headset it's like what nope my headset's broken. We- call him (laughs) a run like this is stupid point at and pretend yeah both of y'all had a chance to be like that's really really stupid and we're gonna do something else so yeah Russell wasn't won a lot of games for that franchise there's no reason for anybody to be taking shots at him like that it's it's immature it's unnecessary
3: do you remember like the the slap fight version of this was in 2020 when Nick Foles was the quarterback of the Bears and it was the opposite problem Matt Nagy was mad at Nick Foles for getting a delay of game and blamed it on the wristband, that somebody's too busy reading their wristband or whatever he said. Classic moment in Bears history.
4: Still, like, in, in my short tenure on the Bears beat, Nick Foles' preseason press conference, still my favorite one. Like, I think I, like, clapped audibly when he was done. because you did. He came, he came in there, like... It was so entertaining. He's like, "Yo, I'm Nick Foles. Like, I am the goods, and I don't know who doesn't think so or why they think that, but they're wrong." And I just need an opportunity to show you because, it's been everything else around here, it's not me. And I was like, "Yo, this dude is wild." And I, I literally
3: clapped in the press
4: conference.
3: I got multiple texts asked that day asking who clapped at the end of that, who, and uh, but me? I did not out you for that. Now you're the one, now you've outed yourself on that. It's,
4: it's fine. I, I I should not have done it, but I was so thoroughly entertained and
3: simultaneously It, it, it was
1: entertaining. It, it was, was entertaining. wildly it was entertaining. A, it was such
3: an incredible uh, fusion of um, honesty and total delusion. And it was like <laughs> a hostage video. And he was appealing, I think, directly to the Colts. Like I, so. I don't think he said Frank Reich, but I think he did mention the Colts. And it was like, come get me, please. Come Come save me. Come I'm save ready. me from this. Put me Which, in, coach. Again, you know, what he, some of what he said wasn't wrong.
4: He wasn't completely wrong, but he wasn't completely right.
3: Right. This idea that he's like, how could, to, like, in his mind, it's like the same as Tom Brady being third string on some team. Exactly. Exactly. Because he's also on that list of Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, Herb, speaking of great quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, here's his line against the Lions last week. 23 of 43. 291 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. He loses 15 to 9 to a Lions team that's giving up 30 a game. Let's go back just a couple of weeks and hear something that uh that Aaron Rodgers said, something that came to mind this week.
0: And now,
1: Rick Camp reads. Yeah, I'm just here. It's just me. There's no alter ego I don't know why there would ever be no gimmicks just just have to
3: very professional producing just read it that's great
1: it's good yeah just just reading words guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing you know gotta start cutting some reps maybe guys who aren't playing give them a chance
3: my only comment on that herb is hmm that's
4: that's about where it needs to be and I think that like on the one hand I guess he's got enough skins on the wall if you will to call guys out But on the other hand, are you elevating anybody? You guys, I mean, you're in my opinion, he's certainly an all time great quarterback. But you guys have won one ring. And now that you don't have any elite talent around you in terms of receivers, you aren't playing at an elite level either. And so it's like, is it just all these guys or like how much have you been aided by the Jordy Nelsons and the Devontae Adams of the world? And it's like, you calling out these guys, it's like, are you elevating them in any way? Or are you just kind of demeaning them? And it's like, "Mm, I don't know, this is the time for you to be making such declarations about who should and should not be playing or getting reps or being demoted or being cut. It's It's a good time to be a a
3: Bears fan. One thing in his defense, maybe they should have drafted T. Higgins instead of Jordan Love. That might help. Anyway, that's legit. They
4: thought they could do the thing again, like the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers thing. I think they thought they could do it again. It's like, but he wasn't at quite the end. He wasn't at the end that Brett Favre was approaching. Like I don't know what they were thinking there, and they seem to have never really gotten
3: along. It's just it's weird. Very premature. Yes. I know you, you cover the bears. So you were at the game against the Dolphins. You may not have noticed this, but the cameras caught at one point in the third quarter, Dolphins coach, Mike McDaniel said something to Justin Fields after a play that made Justin Fields laugh. And Mike McDaniel explained what he said this week. He said that he told Fields to quote, stop it. As Justin Fields was running for a regular season record by a quarterback, 178 yards rushing, Mike McDaniel explained it as saying, I just wanted him to stop scrambling. And it was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching. Weirdly, I could picture that exact quote coming from Matt Nagy in a different tone last year. (laughs) Hey, that's gold. With just a little win from the pocket tacked on on the end. Win from the pocket. I, I
4: love that. I love that from Mike McDaniels. That is absolute gold. It's being a human being in the moment. I know this is, you know, the NFL and it's all this. It's this big business and all of that. But just to just be a human being and for one moment, like, hey, stop. OK, stop doing that to my team. It's not cool. I don't like it. Cut it out. And I love that Justin laughed about it because it was funny. And so I I, I like Mike McDaniels for that because it's legit, he's running all over them and i like that the Bears are letting him do it and, and calling some design runs they caught bill belichick off guard with it three weeks ago and he's like i went to his press conference i was like it's bill belichick i don't know how often i'll get a chance to go to a bill belichick press conference so i went to his press conference instead of flusas and i asked him and i was like yo were you surprised at these design runs most of his runs have been kind of impromptu and he was like yeah, we were we were a little surprised. To my surprise, he gave me a thorough answer. And I was like, "Well, cool." And so, you know, I'm, I'm, it's good to see him doing that. He was obviously on fire with his legs on 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 last Sunday against the Dolphins. But I think that's a really really cool moment from Mike McDaniel. So I like that a lot.
3: You did the classic Chicago move a couple times in there of calling him Mike McDaniel's. That's not his name. It's Mike McDaniel.
4: Oh, did, did okay, you man. not just did you well, not Mike, just hear me?
3: Mike, Mike McDaniel's is what he would be called here. No matter how right. many. Did you not I just hear me ones. big up campy for putting the S on Jules? I right. also put it on all That's exactly all what it would be like. That's exactly what it would be like. <laughs> yeah. no, that's what you do. <laughs> my, my dad has a, a variation of it where he, uh, if something ends in an A or an O, he switches them. So he'll refer mm. to going, going over to Portillas. Yeah.
1: The fact that I never made like a document of all the things callers call mm. different players mm. is really, it's bad on me.
3: Oh, man, I'm telling you, this guy could have been yeah. Tom Brady, and my dad still to this day would be calling him Mitch Trubinsky. With an N <laughs> in there. Mm-hmm. He, It wouldn't have mattered. Account wouldn't account. have mattered how many Super Bowls Mitch Trubinski won. He would still be Mitch Trubinsky <laughs> to my dad. Herb.
1: The McCown
3: idols. Yes. McCown, McNown, McCown, McNown. Yeah we, got, oh, we got yeah. we got a lot of that uh over by there, my friend. Herb, Justin Fields, 15 rushes for 178 yards, a touchdown. Also 17 for 28, 123 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. I think a 107 passer rating or something. Um, his first four games, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL statistically. Last sure. five, he has been much, much better. 63% completion. Rate, uh, 170 yards a game. Still not a lot there, but it's efficient. Uh, Eight touchdowns, two interceptions, a 99.7 passer rating. And then you add to that 91 rushing yards per game. So my question to you is, if you look at this coldly and objectively, are you convinced? Are you sold on Justin Fields today as your franchise quarterback? Or do you need to see something more to fully convince you of it?
4: No, I'm sold. I've been on the Justin Fields train, so to speak. Like, I I think that he has all of the tools, even when the numbers weren't in his favor in terms of, you know, ultimate production, touchdowns, interception, completion percentage, you know, under 59%, all those types of things. I was still convinced that he was a franchise caliber quarterback, an elite quarterback, because he has all of the tools. You can see it, right? You see him make certain throws, you see the athleticism. Those are things that you can't really teach. He has those abilities. And did he have a lot of progress to make? Sure he did. He still has a lot of progress that he needs to make. But in terms of having the things that you need, he's always shown the ability to have them. And so I've always believed in him. And it's good to, to see other people kind of seeing it now and you know, acknowledging his skill and potential. He still needs to get better post snap in terms of quickly deciphering what happens to him after the snap and how quickly can he decide, oh I thought this was zone but it's man I thought they weren't bringing somebody then they brought somebody those types of things, but he has everything you need and I think he's got the mental and emotional makeup to handle Being the franchise quarterback in a city like Chicago, I think that matters as much as the physical tools. And I think he has those types of things. And so I'm completely sold on Justin Fields. They got to get some more talent around him up front, outside, all those types of things. But I think the kid has everything it takes to be a franchise quarterback for a decade, I I I really really like Justin Fields as a quarterback.
3: You'd make the decision right now if you in some right now. fictitious world where you had to you had to decide right now not drafting a quarterback right now if you get, get if you him. Can get him at a, if you if you can get him at a discount for ten years no 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 no, right no, 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 now. no 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 that's not what it's about it's not about going it's not about trying to find a quarterback at Aldi's this is about <laughs> is he can you commit to this guy right now yes yes or do you need to or would you need to see how the rest of the season goes.
4: No, I'm not not the rest of this season. I'm good. I'm going right now. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going right now. All in on Justin Fields. I'll push my chips to the center of the table on Justin Fields right now.
3: I'm not quite as convinced as you are. I don't think. I Mm -hmm. think that he is where he should be. And that, that is very promising. I'm Mm -hmm. big on like, for example, the way I look at any team that I cover is you need to be competing for a championship or you need to be very clearly on the path to that. You need to be on schedule for that. You can make the case right now that the bears are on schedule for that because they're only two steps down that path. Mm -hmm. You're in a full tear down. There isn't that much to evaluate yet. I would say the same applies to a quarterback with Justin Fields. He needs to be an elite quarterback or very clearly on track on schedule to get there. And I would say a year and a half into his career, he's absolutely on schedule for that. He's absolutely where you'd want someone to be a year and a half into that process. But you still, I still need to see more. I need to see more, really, in the passing game. 170 yards per game during this stretch, which is the best stretch of his career. I mean, who's sure. winning like that? I, I don't think that he's gonna ever stop being a runner. I think he's always gonna have that. And I'm not even saying cut back on that, but you have to add something to that in passing product, production. Look, you absolutely have to add that's, to that. But that's I think, what would put it. That's what would cement it for me.
4: Yeah, no, I feel you on that, and I think you absolutely. I agree with you. You have to add to that, but I think you add to that by what happens around him like what happens on the offensive line what happens at what at the wide receiver position I think just for the Bears in general right now their best offense is on the ground either with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert or with Justin Fields that's just that's their best way to move the ball right now right that's just that's what works best for them right now and so you're not going to have these gaudy passing statistics because they just aren't built for it right now but I don't think that if they become built for that that he is going to be the thing that stops them from actually producing that way i think if they have elite receivers if they continue to kind of push this wide receiver depth chart down from the top and i think claypool kind of does that Definitely. maybe he's your one maybe he's your two but he's coming in from the top he's not coming in as you know third or fourth right he's you're trying to improve this thing and push it down Absolutely. if you can do the same thing at offensive line and where he has a consistently comfortable pocket, I think that this, the, the passing game will take off. I don't think he's going to be the thing that impedes their progress or growth in the passing game. I think he is the least of their worries. As I look at them as an offensive unit, for me, Justin Fields is the least of their worries. He's fine continue to build around him I think he'll be everything that you need
3: I think he's the least of their worries in part because everything else is a worry Mm. you can't point to one position group and be like oh they've got that that one they can put a stamp on tight end or put a stamp on wide receiver or running back did you know that Justin Fields has run for more first downs than Montgomery and Herbert combined I did not know that I did not know that
4: Don't say like I'm surprised their- because every time they get to third and medium third and long if they if they're third and five to third and nine one of two things is going to happen so far he's going to get sacked or he's going to run for a first down not ideal you'd like for him to be able to find you know somebody on a 10-yard dig or come back but right now it's going to end in a sack or a scramble so yeah he's picked up a lot of first downs that way I didn't know that but I'm not completely surprised by it.
3: I like where he's headed. And I like this five game stretch that he's on because it does not seem fluky to me. No, this doesn't seem to me the same as Mitch Trubisky throwing six touchdown passes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh. When everyone from that team got fired shortly after this feels like something he can do. And other teams will counter this with different defenses, his, his designed runs and everything like that. But they do that to Lamar Jackson and he's still, puts up big numbers. They do that kind of stuff to, they, they take away any quarterbacks strengths and the really, really good players overcome that. And him as a runner, there's no doubt he's an elite running quarterback and you won't be able to take that away. You will only ever be Mike McDaniel flailing at him saying, stop it <laughs> because of that. And because of how well he's playing, this is the first time in a long time, man, that the games themselves have actually been fun. The Bears are three and six, as they often are. But that Dolphins Bears game the other day and the Cowboys game before that. Wildly entertaining. The Minnesota game a few weeks before. Like they're fun. Patriots are fun game. Fun games yeah. to watch. Fun. And they end in losses most of the time, but it's been a while since you got fun Sundays, if you're a Bears fan. Football roundup is brought to you by Bet MGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. Use our promo code ADJACENT200 and get our deal where if you bet $10 on any NFL game, as long as either team scores a touchdown in that game, you get $200 in free future bets. That's promo code ADJACENT200. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Herb, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? I
4: would love to hear the news we didn't
3: get to. That was right on script. Good job, friend. We start with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and we mentioned this earlier in the show. They have uh, very quietly kind of snuck out the back door on this Ime Udoka idea, on this this bullshit they were trying to pull, uh, where they kind of like soft leaked this out to see if maybe people... (sighs) We're cool with it. And it, you know, How it, it this be received? out they weren't. It turned out even in the middle of Kyrie Irving's stubbornly insistent anti-Semitism, people still found time and space to be mad about this Ime Udoka. Very bad idea. Uh, instead, they have hired Jacques Vaughn as their head coach. And this is not a great job. I know that um, you can't really be picky about head coaching jobs and professional sports. It's good if you can get it. Um, There's not a lot of Jeff Saturdays in the world where they just get a phone call and say, hey, want to come off the couch and come coach the team? Mostly these jobs are hard to get, but good luck with this because this is a four and seven team with all kinds of problems. And uh, I know I was thinking with Kyrie Irving, Herb, do you think his career is over after this season? Because his contract is up. So he's unbelievably talented. Mm -hmm. He is a like generational talent offensively, Mm -hmm. especially. And he's still probably got a lot left. I think he's in his early thirties. Is he even 30? Campy. Uh, uh But his contract, his, his contract is up at the end of this year and someone has to sign him to a contract for him to play next year.
4: I don't know. I think that one, He's certainly there's a risk there in terms of just the PR that comes with him and all the other things that come along with him. And then also he's just stubborn enough that I think he would be a candidate for someone who would be willing to just walk away from the game and say, oh, I'm not going to play for that price, or I'm not going to play for that team, or I'm not going to play under these stipulations. And I don't even know that he meets the checklist of requirements that the Nets have placed upon him for reinstatement out, out of his suspension right now. And so like, he's that kind of you know set-in-his-ways kind of guy. And so I, I would place it at, I won't say 50-50, I'd say 51-49, 51 he does play again next year but if he doesn't I, I would not be surprised just because of the circumstances that the team would have to be willing to take on and also just understanding the mentality of the man that kyrie irving is
1: kyrie is 30 years old
3: yeah i mean probably still got three, five six four, years at least three or four really good years good left. yeah, and when, yeah sure. and when you see him on the court he's very good but Good plan. There's a lot else that comes with it. Uh, Herb, a thief's attempt to rob a Louis Vuitton store in Bellevue, Washington, was foiled by some really, really, really clean glass. A 17-year-old grabbed $18,000 worth of display merchandise in a Louis Vuitton store in Washington State and then tried to sprint out the door with it. This is in the middle of the day. He's going to rob this place in the middle of the day. Crashed into a plate glass window trying to get out of the store. (laughs)
4: You gotta be kidding me!
3: Like, oh, I'm not. I'm not done. Knocked himself unconscious. <laughs> he, Wait a he minute. Came, when he came to, he was in handcuffs. Time out now. Uh, let me play lawyer here. Let me play oh, really? devil's advocate. Really? Okay. In handcuffs for what? Attempted robbery. I would say. Says who? I was just looking at the bags in the store. I hadn't even left. All right, well, we'll find out together if that holds up in
4: court. I, 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 I hadn't even left the store yet. You know what I mean? Like, I, who, says who? Says who? I was just looking at these bags while walking quickly. And then I bumped into the door. And <laughs> okay. that is terrible. Like, that is that is absolute foolishness. That you run in there and just try and grab up as many bags or whatever as you can. Sprint to the door, neglecting to realize it's a door. Like, you're just going to run straight through. Like, didn't you open it to come in here? They keep those windows clean, man. They do. Couldn't even tell it
3: was a window. It was so clean.
4: Couldn't even tell it was a window. It's like the birds hitting the windows. Like, that's... Yes. That's... That's dumb criminals. That's dumb alleged criminals. I don't know that he was stealing a bag. He never left the premises. Yeah, you
3: have a pretty good uh, defense for him. He never left the premises with
4: any merchandise. Yeah. You are assuming that my client was going to walk out that door. He never did. Release him immediately.
3: Speaking of lying. uh, Someone posted a video on uh, on the TikTok of a woman sneaking a grade school aged child into Disney World as a baby in a stroller. Uh, if you don't know, and and I I don't know why you would know this, but Disney World is super expensive. It's anywhere Whoa. from a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars, something like that, uh, just to go for a day to, per person. Disney World is very expensive, uh, but under three is free. So you could take it. And and this kid, when you saw it, this girl get out of the stroller, looked like she was maybe six, um, <laughs> but you're saving yourself $159. And uh, the, I watched the video of this, the, the attendant at the entry gate just kind of like let wave them through. And even as they went past, kind of looked and smiled at the, at the quote unquote baby the and third uh, grader. Then, then then this tiktok continues where they're helping this kid get out of the stroller in full cinderella outfit this kid is at least 6 and my my thing about this story is that it just it just absolutely seems like something tony gill would do rick you know him very well this is 100% yes. tony no qualms about doing this right
1: oh 100% i mean he would he would probably try and convince be like so stephanie you think we could get a, get away with this like with you like, <laughs> that, would, like, that would be, that or, would be, or, or tone, to, put tone in or, there. Yeah, it'd or or like uh,
3: it'd be like the movie Little Man.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the extent that he would he would go to for that. A peek but, in the stroller, yeah, and,
3: sir. Are you? Is that a? Is that a? Baby? <laughs> Tony would go. Got, got, goo gugu.
1: <laughs> Tony would just hang on to that till the end. Like see that. if he could. Yeah.
4: The problem uh, is, I kids he, never go along. Like kids don't. They don't get it. They're, they're, right. they're, their pure innocence doesn't allow them to be complicit with with the the, the scheme, right? The yeah. scam. Yeah, and so right. they're like, no, I'm how old are you? I'm six. She doesn't know how old she is. She doesn't know anything. Okay, <laughs> just starts spouting out words that a three year old shouldn't
3: know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the video is mm-hmm. made to look like it's a baby. If you saw it from afar, you would think it was a baby. If you didn't really like look closer, I mean, that's what they're trying to go for—is maybe like a, like a mm-hmm. less than one year old baby. Oh, but like, wow. if I had one of my kids, that I guarantee one of my kids like would before we got through the checkpoint, we needed to get through, would be like, "Dad, it's really hot in here, and I need some water or something like that." And then yeah. Whole, yeah. <laughs>
4: The oh, humidity is at about ninety six percent in this theme park.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Sir, that doesn't sound like a baby. Gaga goo goo. Ga-ga-goo. No? No? And finally, Herb, the uh, the National Park Service has put out a warning. And you might be thinking, what would they be warning us about? What kind of dangers would they be? Bear attacks. Only you uh, could prevent Forest, forest fire fires. could could be anything. Uh, What the warning was about is that they are begging us, begging us to please stop licking poisonous Sonoran desert toads. Please stop. You wouldn't think that's necessary to say. You wouldn't think that they would need to tell us that. But a New York Times report says that uh, Sonoran desert toads are in high demand. So what you do, and I I hate for this to be an instructional on how to uh, get high off Sonoran desert toads, but just to provide some context... Uh, You lick the toad's back, and it's a way of extracting its psychedelic secretions. Uh, It's known as uh, buffatoxin, I believe. Um, The Oakland Zoo has said that uh, smoking it, I did some research on this, smoking the toad's secretions, which I don't really know. I don't necessarily know how you would do that. I'm not a scientist. Uh, But it can cause euphoria and hallucinations. It can also be deadly.
4: See, there are certain headlines that, as soon as you hear them, you know the identity or race of the person. Yeah. And it's like, okay. yeah. right. <laughs> like
3: as soon as you hear, it's like, right. yeah, are you saying, uh, are you saying this, that this is a hobby of the whites? This is yeah.
4: definitely a white person. Yeah, this like is the segment should be sporting. definitely a white person.
3: Like. <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> we'll uh discuss that for future uh for future episodes, sure. Yeah. But oh like we're licking poisonous
4: toads for the hallucinogen. like hey, we gotta relax.
3: Like we You no. can't you gotta stop doing this, people, because then the National Park Service has asked you to stop and it doesn't matter They're if you're begging you, you know, to stop some some, you know, middle-aged dad who's looking for a thrill or you're just you know playing quarterback for the Packers and your board, whatever you can't, you can't be out here licking toads for the psychedelic effects. It's not safe. I did look up, uh, you know, how to buy these things and uh, they are illegal in California, which is usually where they're found California and Mexico. Um, it looks like you can buy them for like a hundred bucks on this one website. I found, uh, I'm not going to give the name of it because I don't, because <laughs> they don't pay for right. advertising with us, but maybe someday they will. Uh Great. And, uh, and I appreciated that this uh, this website sells all kinds of interesting creatures, lizards, snakes, turtles, uh, alligators, crocodiles, tarantulas, scorpions. I don't know what you're doing with these things, but these uh,
4: also for the recreational value.
3: <laughs> I, don't know, Herb. I don't know. I don't know. I do think I you know, I'm not someone who does this, but I just think off the top of my head, there are many more reasonable ways to get high than licking a desert toad.
4: I would think so. I would think so.
3: Why I is this it... point where you're licking a toad? Like what, what what is it exactly? What's what are the gateway drugs to, to that lead toward <laughs> who licking is the the back first of a toad persons who to find psychedelic this out? secretions? Bill Walton. That's a great question. And a great answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. We don't know if that's allegedly. True. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Herb (laughs) Howard, for being in as guest co-host. And thank you, Rick Camp from the I'm Fat podcast for producing. Great to have both of you guys. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Our podcast, Sports Adjacent, is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. And, uh, boy, if you're getting this right when the show comes out, on Friday, November 11th, that's when this this episode releases – that's the start of their green Friday sale. And it's going to be a better discount than what you're going to get on black Friday. This is such a good gift to get for people and you can get it really, really discounted this weekend. Like get somebody, you know, and care about, get them the sheet set. They're going to love that. Get them the 100% eucalyptus silky smooth sheet set. They're doing up to 40% off on mattresses, 50% off on the sheet set this weekend. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. Slash SA. Sports adjacent is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. Use our promo code adjacent200, and they have a great deal for you where if you bet $10 on any NFL game, as long as either team scores a touchdown, uh, you win $200 in free future bets. That's at BetMGM. Download their app and use our promo code adjacent200. Herb Howard from It's the Bigs. Thank you so much. Anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here?
4: No, man. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Truly, truly enjoyed it. Super, super dope show y'all have been doing for a couple of years now. Salute to y'all for for all the great content and great conversations y'all have been putting out for real.
3: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I think this is the second or third time. Have you been on three times now? I think two. I think two, Maybe if you've been, you think... been on three, then if you've been on three, then I think that's the most anyone's ever been on is three. I don't That's think we've ever cool. had anybody on for a third time. And you I'm are you are fantastic you. every time. We always get good feedback on having you. I highly recommend following uh, Rick and Herb on Twitter. And um, definitely check out all of Herb's work covering the Bears for the bigs. And we will talk to you next
2: week. Thanks for listening to Sports of Jason with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
4: I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother...
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.